helping teachers thrive. Now, first of all, I'd like to start today's episode with saying a big thank you to all my listeners and to my reviewers out there leaving me such amazing reviews on my podcast show. So I'd like to start off with reading just two of those reviews out before carrying on with my episode today. So my first reviewer said, I found these so useful. Even after teaching for many years, they have helped me to reflect on my practice, remind me of some key points, as well as teach me new tricks. Highly recommend everyone listening, new or old, to teaching. Thank you so much for that amazing review. My second reviewer has said, as an experienced teacher, I love listening to this podcast as it gives me refresher tips. This is great to listen to on the way to work to just get the quick tips to reflect on. Thank you so much. And I'd appreciate it if you'd let me know in my reviews anything you'd like me to cover in future episodes. Just let me know in terms of a question what you would prefer me to focus on so that I can help better support you in your teaching career. Now, today's episode, I would like to talk about teacher wellbeing, the signs for us to look out for that tell us that we need to put ourselves first, why this matters most in teaching, and the strategies that we can implement to help us improve our wellbeing and our work-life balance. Now, as teachers, we face so many challenges. We have increased class sizes. We have an increase in our workload. There are just aren't enough hours in the day to complete our job and to do it well and effectively at times. We're working over holidays, weekends, evenings, late into the night, planning, preparing for our lessons in advance. And we're also an increase in behavior issues in schools. And we've been overworked and stressed and struggling with these behavior issues and struggling with our behavior management, as well as trying to hit our performance management targets and all the pressures that are being placed upon us from senior leaders. And they are as well receiving their own pressures that are being placed on our senior leaders in schools as well, which just filters through to staff um, throughout, the, in, throughout the school. So I actually saw a comment on Twitter this morning where someone said that as an ECT, in their feedback they received, it said that they need to spend or use their school time more wisely, more effectively. They're basically being expected to work through their lunch period, um, through their lunch break. And their mentor, the person that wrote this feedback, their mentor, of course, said to them that, of course, you have to eat, make sure you eat, but then work in your classroom and work through. They said that no one spends time in the staff room. Now, that is such a sad thing to hear because as teachers, we need that lunch break ourselves so that we can reassess, re-energize, have that time with our colleagues We can talk to our colleagues about anything, not just school-related things, but anything. But even asking for advice and opinions on certain things to do with school, whether it's behaviour management or planning certain lessons or how to tackle a certain issue. So that is a time that we need as staff to be able to sit down and talk to each other, sort of offload, de-stress, so that we're fresher for our students at the start of the next session, the start of the next lesson after lunch. So hearing a comment like that um, really made me sad and really brought home what teaching is like currently um, in our country, in the UK, where I'm speaking from today. Now, there are lots of signs and symptoms that we need to be looking out for. There are physical symptoms of fatigue, headache, back pains. When you, and back pain, it can be a result of being overstressed and overworked. Lack of sleep as well, which then makes us more irritable, which then leads to these emotional changes. We may feel more anxious, more disengaged. Now, there may also be changes in our behaviour. For example, absenteeism from work. We're having to take time off because we're feeling run down, because we may be getting ill more often as a result of a poor immune system because we're not sleeping very well. 
And as a result of a lack of a, a lack of our work-life balance, maybe working late into night, we may be neglecting our own family and friends, neglect, neglecting our own well-being, neglecting our own hobbies that we enjoy doing, and that we're no longer able to do because we haven't got the time to be able to do those things. Now, teacher well-being matters the most in teaching because when teachers feel stressed and burnt out, this leads to a negative classroom environment. This can cause our own students to become anxious and uncomfortable in our lessons, therefore disengage from our lessons and struggle to learn and focus themselves. Stress and fatigue can affect our ability to teach effectively, to be creative, to inspire our students, which then therefore leads to reduction in our students' outcomes. It can lead to poorer student outcomes as a result. Now, stress can also lead to disruptive behaviours. You're more likely to get an increase in disruptive behaviours in your classroom because you're unable to be there emotionally for your students. You're emotionally unavailable for your students. You're struggling to support them. They're therefore maybe lashing out, trying to get the attention, um, or they're displaying their own anxieties as a result of that because they don't, they don't feel supported enough in lessons because you're unable to do that emotionally for them. Now, this is why it's so important that staff wellbeing should be at the forefront of our school policies. Like, there should be a policy on wellbeing in schools. There should be a group of teachers, group of senior leaders who focus on wellbeing and improving wellbeing, whether it's through weekly free breakfast for staff every Friday of end of term breakfast, whether you have a termly quiz every term. Now there are some schools that have wellbeing days where members of staff can take a day out in the year for wellbeing. I don't know if it's one year or termly, I'm not sure, um, but there are schools out there that do that. They have those wellbeing days. There are schools out there that do prizes, prize draws for students, for their, sorry, for their teachers, for their members of staff, not just teachers, senior leaders as well, where they put all the names in the hat and they do a prize draw once a term, that person gets a prize. I mean, I heard of someone winning an Alexa the other day um, as a result of a draw from the, in their school. So that's something that is really important and really shows teachers that people care about them, they're cared for, their well-being is cared for, and it makes them feel a lot more comfortable part of a team, makes them feel a lot more positive and it can increase their self-esteem. Now, if you are struggling, not only with your work-life balance, but with your classroom management, behavior management strategies, then I have a membership site called Thames Teaching Tips, where I have hours worth of content there to support you, to help you thrive in your teaching career and pave your way to becoming an outstanding teacher. So if you'd like to check out Thames Teaching Tips, then somewhere below this episode, there is a link for you to be able to do that. Now, by looking after our own mental health, this in turn leads to a positive learning environment for our students, where they feel safe, where they feel supported, and they're able to thrive, they're motivated, they're engaged in their learning, and therefore, this can reduce the disruptive behaviors and it can increase their outcomes. And as a result of us being able to put our well-being first and improve our work-life balance, we're inadvertently teaching our students self-care we're inadvertently teaching them, equipping them with the tools to help them to overcome their challenges, to help them to manage their stress and regulate their emotions as well. Now, this is why it's so important for us as teachers for schools to put well-being for teachers at the forefront of everything that we do, because what our well-being as teachers can have a massive impact on our students' well-being and our students' future outcomes, whether it's to go into vocational qualifications or to improve their self-esteem and their confidence or um, for them to succeed academically. So there are a number of different strategies that we can implement as teachers 
to help us work on our well-being, improve our well-being and put ourselves first. There's a lot of mindfulness and stress management techniques and strategies out there um, that can help us to improve our well-being, whether it's through meditation, through breathing exercises, through journaling and just writing things down during the day or even in the evening, what, I, I, um, what I've started doing actually that I really enjoy doing is I start writing things down before I go to bed. It's called like a brain dump where I dump everything out of my head so that I can then go to sleep because I put it down on paper and it helps me sleep a lot better um, and therefore I don't wake up as tired in the mornings. So journaling is another, journaling is another great thing um, that we could do as teachers to help us improve our mental well-being. Spending time in nature, just going out for a walk can help to reduce your stresses. Just going out into fresh air, going out to a country park with trees and greenery can help improve our well-being. Now, if that's not something that you like doing going for walks, you may not like to go for walks. And that's, that's perfectly understandable. Everyone has their own um, interests. Um, but exercise can be very beneficial, not just physically, but also mentally for us in terms of our mental well-being. So doing some yoga at home, doing some exercise in the morning at home, whether it's fitness exercises or yoga pilates, or if you like going for bike rides or going for walks with friends. Sometimes going to a gym is something that we may need. The only thing that is the one thing that may actually help us to focus, improve our mental well-being, improve our physical fitness and make us feel good. Now that's not for everybody, of course not, because trying to find the time as a teacher to go to the gym, even the money to afford to be able to go to a gym, um, which is why it's also good to do a lot of exercises at home, whether it's YouTube videos or just doing some yoga or buying some fitness videos and doing some things at home that interest you. Playing with your kids in the garden, if you've got any children, playing badminton, for example, or football, um, or even playing with your dog in the garden, that's something that could help to improve your well-being as a teacher, as an individual, so that you feel energised and refreshed for your students and for your family as well, more importantly, and your friends. Now, it is really important for us to set boundaries. It's not easy to do, um, but we have to be consistent with this, just like with our behaviour management strategies, we have to be consistent to see it through so that we then see the effects of it. So set boundaries, Say, learn to say no when that is needed. If someone's asking you to do a task that encroaches on your time, maybe you set aside time to do some planning after school or some marking, and someone has asked you to do this task for them, can you please get it done by tomorrow or by the end of the week, but I really appreciate it and it's something that's gonna take some time, sometimes you have to say no. Sometimes you have to say, I'm sorry, but that's not feasible. I'm not able to do that. I'm doing this. I've planned to do my, my, I'm doing my planning, my marking. I've got 30 papers to mark by this date. That's not feasible at this time. We need to learn to say no because it causes more stress on ourselves if we don't, if we take on too much, put too much on our plates and then we struggle and then that leads to burnout. Delegate tasks. If there's something that someone else can do for you, that you know they can do really well, that they've done well in the past, and you think, actually, like I, I know this person would be, would be able to help me in this situation. Whether it could be taken on an after-school club, maybe one there's, day, there's a week when you're really struggling and you need that time after school, speak to your head department, speak to your colleague, just say, look, please, would you really mind doing this for me? Um, I'd really appreciate it. I'm just struggling with this. And just see if they can help you in that situation and take that club for you. Or if you can mark together. Now, that's something I found really useful when I'm um, working in my SEN school, where we marked functional skills, English and maths papers. We all took a set of papers, of course, not our students, um, other students, all took a level that we then marked question by question by question. 
um, and we did it together. And that just made things so much easier. It made the marking quicker. You can also collaborate and talk to them and go, well, what would you give this student? Would you give this marking just to clarify, which then strengthens the accuracy of your marking. Um, so collaborate with other teachers, delegate tasks, but also take breaks. We have to take breaks, which is why that comment that I saw on Twitter this morning about a member of staff being expected to work through their lunch break um, to prepare for their lessons, just blew my mind. It really worried me because we should be taking breaks and putting ourselves first at times during the day. Because just like students, we need time out sometimes. We need that break away, 10, 15, 20 minutes, an hour lunch break, just to help us refocus and feel human again. You might want to go for a walk around the block. I used to do that in, in my lunch breaks at my previous school. From time to time, I just go, I just go for a walk, go to Asda, get some lunch, go for, just walk around just to get out for a little bit so that you can help to regenerize, re-energize, refocus, um, and not feel so run down. Now, in this day and age, there are also tools out there that help us to reduce our workload. Um, I know there's all these taboos or there are these potential policies that are now coming out in schools to do with AI, artificial intelligence, because a lot of students are using them, um, using AI to help them in their schoolwork, but staff, we can use AI to help us in our lesson planning, in our report writing. It can make things a lot easier, it can reduce our time. Yes, it won't be as personalized if you're doing report if you're using AI for report writing. Um, however, you can personalize it. You can take what AI says and then just personalize it to your student. It does cut down a lot of time for staff. But also collaborating with other teachers in the country through Facebook groups, social media groups, where you can share planning, you can share ideas and, and get opinions from other people and see what's worked for them in, in the past um, and what you could then implement in your lessons. It can, then, it can therefore reduce your time because you're getting resources from other people, you're sharing resources um, so you don't have to make your own resources, you just have to adapt it to suit your students and your classes. Now it's really important to prioritise self-care. Now this could be through making sure you're eating healthy, making sure you're drinking enough water. I have a two litre bottle that I aim to finish by the end of the day because I know if I don't have that I'm just drinking out of cups. I'm, I'm not probably not even going to drink two cups of water, maybe in my tea, because I'm going to forget about it. I'm going to be rushing around doing all sorts. But when I have that bottle there and I can see, visualize it and see that I've got um, how much to go to finish it, that's going to push me more to drinking it, more water and finishing it. So I have a two litre bottle that I have in my classroom every day um, to help me drink more water. But it's also important to make sure that you have sufficient hours sleep set a certain time where you're going to stop doing work in the evenings if you do work when you go home certain time where you stop it might you might think well after dinner i'm not doing any more work because you've been working all day you left school at six um but have that built into your schedule where you stop at a certain time so you get enough sleep or you get enough time to spend time with your family whether it's walking whether it's watching a film with your partner or playing with your son or child or reading them a story before bedtime um, so set that in your put make sure you've got that in your schedule so you've got to stop at that time and engage in hobbies whether it's you might like to knit for example or reading books or going out to eat like set aside a day in the week where you spend time doing your hobby whether it's on your own or with a loved one or with a friend just so you can feel more human you can feel like yourself again it helps you it helps to ground you it helps you um, to improve your well-being and it helps you to think more positively because you're not always stressed and worried and constantly thinking about work-related things that you have to do.
Now, it's also really important to build a support network. Build a support network around you of people that you can go to for help and support because they may be struggling with the same things that you are struggling with or they may have overcome those things. They may have strategies that they've done, things that have helped them that they can then tell you and let you know, make you aware of so that you can implement them yourself. So having that support network, just someone to offload to can be really useful. Like sitting in the staff room at lunchtime and talking to a colleague or sitting in your office and talking to a colleague at lunchtime just helps you offload things and helps you come up with solutions that other people may have that may benefit you and help you in the long run. And it is also important to seek professional help if that is something that you need, if that's something that will benefit you immensely and help you. And there are times when we may need that. Um, there are communities out there that you can join, that you can go online and find and talk to people. Um, or it may be, of course, just going to a doctor and just having a conversation with your doctor um, and trying to speak to somebody that can help you improve your well-being and can help provide you with strategies that you can implement in your daily life to help you remain focused and positive um, and re-energize and feel like yourself again. Now, somewhere below this episode in the valuable resources, there are links um, that I've placed to different support services, different websites that you may like to look into and use um, to help you with your work-life balance or to help you with your well-being. Now, I hope you found this episode useful and please don't forget to follow, leave me a review, let me know what you'd like me to cover in future episodes so that I can reach more teachers and help more teachers out there to thrive in their profession and to help them with their work-life balance and to improve their well-being. So thank you so much again for listening and remember, keep on thriving, keep on changing lives, keep on inspiring young people, but also don't forget to put yourself first. So until next time, have a great day and make sure your well-being comes at the forefront of everything that you do. Thank you.